Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Edwina. And you've listened to this. This is our Once More Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today we're doing Season 5, Episode 7, Fool for, for Love. Love. This episode originally aired November 14th, 2000. Written by Joss Whedon and Doug Petrie. And mm. directed by Nick Mark. Uh, this is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through, and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Yeah, you are. Sorry, I'm recovering. <laughs> like we are a bit late with our episode this I week know, because yeah. I have been sick, so there might be a horrible cough through this uh, episode. Yeah, hopefully I think Jared can delete them all when he edits them. Well, I'll try and delete as much as I can, but yeah, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable. So yeah, yeah. so I will apologise. It's all right, Eddie. We forgive. But at you. least I can actually speak. Yeah. I, I, I actually couldn't talk for three days. I know, best three days of my life. <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> yeah. So, Eddie, fall for love. Uh, what was it like for you rewatching this episode for the millionth time? <laughs> uh, I love this episode. This is this is. Peak Buffy. This is a, like probably one of my favourite episodes of season five. So you'd call this sort of a, what do you call it, A-class or A? Oh, yeah. This is yeah. yeah. This is an A-class episode. Right. It's not one of the League of Their Own type episodes, but this, this is a really great episode. Mm. Uh, you know, and, we, you know, we get a bit more of Spike. You know, it's a Spike Central episode. Like, it can't ask for anything better. No, yeah, than I a suppose Spike not. Yeah, Central episode, and you know, it delves into you know, you know, Spike's backstory, and you know, how he got his scar, and how he got his jacket. You know, you know, the really important questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his trademark black trench coat, and uh, but in all seriousness, this. This episode, I, I love it. And we also get some uh, lore on, on the on the Slayer as well. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. We get to see other Slayers. Yeah, yeah. Which we haven't. They haven't really delved into no, like, the haven't. line of line of the Slayers. Hmm. Yeah, which is uh, pretty interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this episode was sort of a loose crossover with Angel. Uh, in the episode Dala. Who, yes, who was also in this episode? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, those flashback scenes. You just get another perspective of those flashbacks mm. uh, in Angel. I, wa- I, wa- I tried to get you to watch it. I saw some of it. Uh, but yeah, you, you were like, I have, other, I have better things to do. Mm-hmm. It's called um, Warzone 2. Yes, exactly. Uh, and yeah, it, it just, you just get a pretty much a different perspective on... Some of those scenes, and you get the but you do get that slow mo villain walk twice. Oh yeah, and you find out in that slow mo villain walk that Angel has his soul in that scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, he hasn't told them yet. No, he has. Like oh. Dala, pretty much knows straight away. Roll, okay. Uh, she can smell the soul on him, mm. and he is disgusted by the fact that Spike killed a Slayer. Mm. Wow, interesting. Um, okay, all right. Well, before we go on, Eddie, let's uh, do a quick summary and let's get back to that because that sounds really interesting. Okay. <laughs> Don't know if that was sarcasm. It wasn't. It wasn't. 
After Buffy is stabbed with her own stake during a pretty ordinary fight with a vampire, she enlists the help of Spike to find out how she was bested when she is at a peak Slayer fitness. Spike reluctantly agrees and we see through a series of flashbacks, he recounts to Buffy how he was sired, his time with Angel and Dala, how he sorted out and killed his first Slayer during the Boxer Rebellion and his battle on a New York subway train with the second Slayer he killed. During their conversation, Spike reveals his feelings for Buffy and we see a flashback of Spike and Drusilla's breakup. Angered by Buffy's reaction, Spike storms off to try and shoot Buffy, only to end up comforting her as he finds her crying on the back doorstep after finding out about her mum is going into hospital. The end. Very short summary. Yeah. All right, Eddie, so uh, where do you want to begin with this tonight? Uh, I'll start with... uh, So the stories of his name have been widely exaggerated or... He just had a really good PR person who spun what was actually this negative rumour about him and spun it into like a more positive, well, positive for him, a more gruesome. And when you say spun, you mean lied. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because they were calling him William the Bloody, but it was for his bloody awful poetry. Um, And the name Spike was because uh, people would rather ram a spike in their ears than listen to his poetry. Oof. Yes. So yeah. uh, so I think he took Tyrion's advice from Game of Thrones and you take what people use against you and you weaponize it so that you make it your strength so that mm. they can't use it against exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. And very inimitant. <laughs> What was that word that he used? Uh, effulgent. Effulgent, sorry. Yes, effulgent, yes. He's sharing his effulgent yep. uh, in this episode, yeah. And gleaming. I need <laughs> another word for gleaming. <laughs> it's a perfectly good word, <laughs> but nothing rhymes with it. <laughs> uh, well, so his name is William Pratt. Yes. But that's also the name of somebody else. Do you know that? No. It is the original name of an actor who changed his name to Boris Karloff. Who's that? I don't know who that Boris Karloff is the guy who played Frankenstein's monster, the original Frankenstein's monster. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that, was that something in there maybe of him being the monster? Maybe. Maybe there's something in there. Yeah, something in there. Probably not. No? Something Probably to read just, into that? Yeah, I don't think there's anything to read into. <laughs> okay. You never know. Can't rule it out. Um, so the first episode that Spike's in is School Hard. Yep. Uh, and that's when Giles says his name is, you know, he's known as William the Bloody. Um, and they call him Spike because he used to like the practice of torturing people with railroad spikes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Uh, so it got spun differently, uh, but it also makes you think that perhaps he is also an unreliable narrator in when he's recounting his tales to, to Buffy as Most well. Most people usually are when you think about it, yeah. though. You're not going to make yourself look weak or or in, in sort of that sort of negative light. I mean, though he'll make himself look bad, but he wouldn't make himself look incompetent yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, so 
there's a lot of those dialogue transition scenes where they say one thing and then it leads into the next scene. Yep. Uh, and th- when they do that, it always gives an episode a really good rhythm and mm-hmm. rhyme and kind of moves it forward a bit. And you get a lot of those cuts in this, especially the, you know, I was I was born bad. Mm. And I was like, what can I say, baby? I was born bad. And then you see him, then they flash back to before he was sired. <laughs> yeah. And he is kind of a... Out, like he's kind of an, a doofus, I suppose. Yeah, a dweeb. Yeah, a dweeb, he's a bit of a dork. dweeb, bit of a dork. Yeah, um, but a romantic, mm. bit of a yeah. romantic poet, a uh, terrible poet. And who was that character he was talking to? Or? Ah, so Cecile. Um, yes. So she, that actress, will return in another role. Probably, I think next season. Okay, I think keep an eye for her. She returns. Uh, and it's, it's, they never fully explain it, but, uh, she does recognize Spike. They do kind of recognize each other. Hmm. It's been a couple hundred years, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're never quite sure because they could have just been reusing the same actress and she does have a different name and she is a demon and. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Is it just recasting the same actor and something different? So, and, and. They have done that multiple times in the series as well. There's mm. a few actors that get reused in Well, they did that in Police Academy with Mrs. Feldman. True. Mrs. Feldman. Mrs. Feldman. Ah, yes. So this is episode seven. Um, and so generally in episode sevens of Buffy, these are the – they're normally the, the episode that sets up the – kind of the ideas for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. uh, it f- will feel the arc and will ask the important questions, so to speak. Such as? Um, well, Buffy is try- in this episode is trying to find out what it means to be a slayer. So that is... Still? Yes, still. <laughs> in the season five. Well, so what lesson does Buffy truly learn from Spike? Uh, well, I guess she's not invincible. Could be a lesson. Um, well, he point. Well, he does point out one thing that we have been saying that we've, we've said a lot is that the reason why Buffy is such a good slayer. Oh, because she has fam. Is because she has ties to the world. Yeah. But what he was saying is, is that every slayer actually has a death wish. Yeah. Because. Because of the way that they live their life, they are forever on the front lines. They are forever surrounded by death. They are forever having to kill something. It's inevitable. Yeah, and it's that she's she's one bad day. All she all it would take is her, for her to have just one bad day, and she's done for because that's that's her life. She has to mm. be so on guard all the time. Uh, and uh, that opening sequence as well. She's cocky. She's you know saying making uh, wise cracks and stuff like that and just yeah. a, a lapse of concentration. She, get, she gets stabbed by her own Spike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she gets stabbed by her own weapon. Yeah. But Spike is saying that though she has ties to the wor- world, it's only prolonging the inevitable for her. Hmm. Yeah. Is that she doesn't have a long lifespan. No. 
And she's probably doing a lot better than most. And she is dancing with death. Yeah. Day in, day out. Uh, and the other lesson that he taught her was that you always have to reach for your weapon. <laughs> and he already has his. So he's like, lesson one. That's how he pretty much wins the first battle is that she reaches for the weapon. Yeah. And that's how Spike is able to beat her. And he, I think he also just got a bit lucky as well. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, and if you notice, yeah, she cuts him with the sword. That's how he gets the scar on his eye. Who cut him? Oh, the, the um, first slayer. So that's why uh, I'm saying yeah. we find the origins uh. of his scar. The so why big the, important question. Why, why would that stay there for? I don't because it's a special sword or something. I suppose they they scar. Do they? Yeah. Oh, I thought they just regenerate. No. No, not really. No. Okay. No. Um. Oh, yeah. So we also see the real reason that Drusilla broke up with Spike. She ran off with the antler demon or something? Well, that wasn't the reason why she was seeing other demons. It was because she knew that Spike was in love with Buffy before he knew. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he was already obsessed with her. Yeah. And I'd already we've already spoken about, you know, that first scene that he sees her. Uh, and he plays that scene like he's he's in love with her, yeah, or obsessed. Like he, well, he's definitely obsessed with her, yeah. And it's almost this love it obsession at first sight, love at first sight, stalker at first, yeah, sight. stalker at first sight. Uh, oh yeah, we're again reminded about how much the bloody Watchers Council suck, so they don't keep any records once a Slayer dies. They never say what happened. Again, showing their impotence. Yeah. In uh, doing the one fucking job that they have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, and that they really don't care about having a Slayer improve because they're quite happy for them to just die. Oh, there'll be another one. Don't yeah, worry. there'll be another one. Yeah. Along. Anytime now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can I go on my Riley rant? Okay, here we go. Riley rant. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so we get like this B plot with Riley. Um, for some reason, the gang, like Buffy, makes the gang go patrolling with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's like being all stealthy, and then they're kind yeah. of making fun of him for being all stealthy. And he was doing all the hand signals. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shouldn't have, uh, Xander. Yeah, yeah. Xander like, should have known. Should have known that, those. Should have known those from his military. That one his time. Military night. That, that one time he became a military guy and could remember everything, and it's been used as a plot point in multiple episodes. Yeah, that one time at military camp. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't know any of it now. No, no maybe he just forgot. He forgot. Yeah, uh, and he's yelling. Hey, Riley, you know, <laughs> what does the hand signals mean? And, yeah, he's trying to be stealthy and, hmm. yeah. Uh, and then he, yeah, pretty much goes on a suicide mission and kills all the vampires. So, but Eddie Vampire? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, oh, he, was, Eddie? he was more a glam metal. Oh, yeah. Twisted Sister Vamp? Yeah, he was more a glam metal punk rock hmm. kind of. Kind of remind me of the Lost Boys vamps. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you kind of get the feeling that some vampires get sort of stuck in the time period that they're they're created. Yeah. Which is probably a good thing that uh, 
maybe Spike didn't get stuck in the time period that he was created. It's kind of hard to, you know. I mean, with fashion trends of 20-something years ago, you could understand that, but of 100 years ago, come on, dude, you know. Oh, mm. uh, yeah, and the, the the gang were all eating chips while on patrol. Yeah. Like They had this they're, massive bag of chips. They're very casual about it. They're just sort of mm. standing there eating chips. Oh, yeah, you know. I'm just watching him do his little... <laughs> Sneak, and that's right. He's he's all in fatigues, and mm-hmm. he's he's like ready for proper action. And they're just in their bright street clothes. Yeah, and he goes in there, falls to the wall, kills them all. Yeah. So, is there a parallel with him looking for a death wish as well, possibly? Yeah, uh, it's also the fact that Buffy's just completely unaware of what's going on with him. Yeah. So, mm. but he does save her. That's I'll give him that much. In this episode, he does actually save her life. All right. So is that more a Riley? It's not really a Riley rant. It's just a Riley. Oh, look, the truth commentary. is, he's he's actually hardly in this episode. Yeah. So it's really much that scene, I think, isn't it? And at yeah, the start, he's he's in like two, three scenes. Yeah. Uh, acts really stupid, and then hmm. yeah, he's just not around. No. Just which is good of, for you, I think. Yeah, which is good for me. So uh, can we talk about so? The basic meat of this episode is uh, Spike and Buffy talking about, you know, why they're in the bronze and they're in the back alley. And a probably the climactic part of that conversation is in the back alley where he's talking to Buffy and it's intercutting the scenes with the fight with the with the Slayer on the train with him fighting with her. Yeah. And it was done. I just want to so say that- how how well done it was. And even like when he's in the train and he stands up and he. Well, he looks up to the camera as if he's looking at Buffy from the 1970s yeah. or whatever it was. Was it 70s or 80s? Yeah, 70s. And uh, and talks as if he's talking to Buffy then. The way that was sort of done was uh, was really interesting, I thought, yeah. yeah. So that that was probably the next thing I was going to bring up is that scene. Because uh, I honestly think that's one of the my – like it's honestly one of my favourite scenes in the entire series. Yeah. Like it's so well edited. It's so well shot. They're doing that. It's sort of done in this, um, what do you call it? Uh, Mac matched action shots. Yeah. Yeah. So, I get that. Yep. Uh, which gives it sort of this kinetic energy and it sort of builds to like that whole scene. Like you used the word climactic before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It actually is. It does build like a metaphorical orgasm. Oh, I wasn't thinking that, but yes, <laughs> we can go with that. Uh, and, and well, that's the other thing. Um, Spike is also just super hot in that scene. Okay, now you brought that up just to briefly talk about... Uh, but wh- he's not in vamp face throughout yeah. that fight. And throughout that fight, he is... How do I describe it? He is having the time... He's, it didn't seem like he was in... A fight to the death. It felt yeah. like he was getting off on that fight. Even when he like shoved his head out the window and he's yeah. like, ah! And it, like, yeah. As if he was like in a car sticking his head out the window. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, but he is enjoying that fight. He is like almost toying with this, that Slayer. Yeah. Like she is trying to kill him and he is like, he is playing with her almost. Yeah. Uh, and he uses the word... Dance, as I said before, like yeah, which uh, it was sort of a dance, wasn't it for him? Yeah, for him it was. Yes. Mm. 
Um, but then there's this uh, sort of um, connection with him between sex and violence. I don't think he – like he is very turned on by violence. Hmm. And in the scene where he gets turned into a vi- vampire – he actually dies aroused, in love, brokenhearted, and in pain, hmm. uh, yeah. which probably fuels his confusion around sex, love, and violence. I like that. Aroused. <laughs> well, how do you know that? Well, he does sort of give a bit of a aroused look, doesn't he, when he's getting bitten? Yeah. Yeah. I also think he's. Um, oh, so you didn't see, like, you, if you notice. Drusilla actually grabs his uh, junk, so oh, to speak. No, I didn't notice scene. that. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. on her. <laughs> um, before, but like, yeah, when as she's she's talking to him, he, yeah, you can mm. kind of see the movement, so Ooh, to speak. Okay. Yeah. I might have to rewatch that. You might have to rewatch oh, that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was just going to say before, back to what Spike in the subway. Mm-hmm. So the way he's dressed, he looks very familiar, like a very famous uh, English rocker. Of uh, could that be uh, Billy Billy Idol? Bi- yes, Billy Idol. Who he's based off of? <laughs> Who he's based off of? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was seventy-seven. So Billy I think Idol he was around then. He was in a band before he he went solo. Yeah. So I'm guessing uh, Billy Idol actually stole his look. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee Billy Idol stole his look. (laughs) No way. So Spike and his use of the word dance. Yes. He he. There's a lot of sexual innuendo in when he's talking about dancing. Hmm. (laughs) And it always is very much. Yes. Sexual dancing is kind of sexual in in many ways. Yes. Uh, And always, yeah. He also uses it like. You know, the sex and violence and him, like, both of them. Like, he's trying to tell her that she also gets off on the violence. Hmm. Um, and that's all they've ever done is dance. Yeah. <laughs> so just... You are now carrying my child. But how? It is the mystery of the dance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, had you seen this episode? Uh, no. No, I hadn't seen this episode. Oh, actually, sorry. Uh, I have seen... I have seen the, the fight in the subway. I've definitely seen that before. So I don't know if I've seen the whole episode. So I didn't really understand what was sort of going on. So now it all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Did you go down any rabbit holes during this episode? Um, so something that caught my attention. I mentioned in the uh, intro was the Boxer Rebellion. Oh, yes. I know absolutely nothing about the Boxer the Rebellion. The Boxer Rebellion. So the, at the, when he's fighting the first Slayer, they mentioned it's during the Boxer Rebellion. So what is the Boxer Rebellion? Well, I'm glad you asked, Eddie. Because I have—I I actually have no idea what the Boxer Rebellion okay. is. So the, the Boxer Rebellion or the Boxer Uprising or the Yetan Movement was an anti-foreign, uh, anti-colonial, anti-Christian uprising in China between the 18, 19, late 1800s or 1899 and 1901. Um, so basically China at that stage of its history was pretty much just being controlled by spheres of influences by foreign nations. So you have Russia, Japan, France, Germany, United States, Italy, Austria, and you know a couple other countries too, Netherlands, Belgium, Spain, all had 
Well, they, they all had spheres of influence in China and basically were running China. And then so basically the Boxer Rebellion was the rebellion of the people. Um, although the Boxer, they were called the Boxer Rebellion, but they didn't call themselves Boxers. They were called that because they used martial arts style of fighting. So the only fighting those nations are boxing, so they're called Boxers. But they were using many different forms of uh, martial arts and hand-to-hand combat. Um, because most of... Because their government or their dynasty was sort of allowing all this to happen because mm. they were getting their, you know, they were being bribed or whatever so they could sell and take whatever resources they want from their country. So they basically uprised against that and tried to take on, uh, yeah, Britain, Russia, Japan, France, Germany, United States, Italy, Austria, Hungary, Netherlands, Belgium and Spain. And who do you think won? China. <laughs> Uh, no, China did not win that one. Nope. No, they got their asses handed to them. Of course they did. Because, because they didn't have the resources. Although, you know, I think they put up a, a valiant fight, but they were never going to win that. But what I just found interesting that those countries I just uh, mentioned all basically united um, to quash this rebellion. Mm-hmm. You'd think there would have been some sort of camaraderie that they might have gained from this and they would have been best friends forever. God, no. No, so give it 15 years later and they're all trying to kill each other. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's uh, politics for you. Um, yeah. And uh, your international affairs. So uh, it was just interesting reading about that. Look, that is a brief history on it. I don't know all the battles and stuff that waged. But, you know, it, it was part of China's uh, dark history or the Did they at least century of embarrassment the- that they refer to where they were just getting hammered by foreign nations for the whole time. Yeah. Did they at least out the, the their royal... Uh, well, I think they event- yeah. they did overthrow, but I think the the government ended up supporting them in the end. It kind of had to. It was there. Ah, okay. So, but yeah, they're never a match for all those countries. Yeah. So the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, yeah. There you go. All your history buffs out there. It's probably worth actually looking it up and not just taking what I say because uh, yeah, I know very little of it. But I just it found it very interesting. So yeah, uh, that was my little rabbit hole. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so ready to go to question time? Yes. Answer the question. All right, Jared. Which character was your favourite in this episode? Oh, Spike. Yeah, that's the only correct answer (laughs) is Spike. Is Spike, yeah. Uh, Which character do you love to hate? I think Buffy. Yeah. I put Buffy in this episode. Oh. Yeah. A little too cocky at the start. And uh, at the end was sort of, I'm not saying she wasn't taking Spike's advice, but she wasn't, I feel like she wasn't taking it serious. Not, not she really. She didn't sort take of, in what he yeah, like said. She was probably getting advice that no other Slayer has ever gotten. Yes. And, so, and the thing is, he was probably 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. the story is true or not, you know, you could debate that. But definitely what he was telling her is probably something that no other Slayer has ever been told. So I think yeah. – and she seemed a little resentful about that as well. So I'm like, mm. uh, you know, you, yeah. That's who I love to hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went with Cecile. Cecile? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, was it Cecil or Cecilia or Cecilia? Cecily? Cecil? Cecil? Cecilia? Yes, Cecilia. That beneath me, bitch. Mm. You're beneath me, William. Okay, LOL moment. Kind of like Spike just yelling in the train. <laughs> he stuck his head out. 
Like it was, it, was, it was almost like a fake out, like he was meant to be scared or something. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, ah, and he's just, yeah, whatever. Um, I I really like the um, the Drusilla and Spike having their fight, and then you get the reveal of the Chaos Demon that's all slime and antlers, just <laughs> standing there going, oh, "I didn't know she was seeing anyone, dude," <laughs> because they're having this full. Emotional, like drama laden argument. It, it was pretty funny how straight he played it, like a, yeah. just a guy at a bar. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, hey, you know. Didn't know she was taken. You know, like when you think of a demon, you just think of this this mindless sort of drone, uh, non sentient sort of thing just frothing out of the mouth, and it's a guy at a bar. Just, oh, sorry, guys. I didn't know she was taken. I'll leave you to it. <laughs> yeah. But you the know. fact that it, it's. He was literally slime and antlers, <laughs> which was brought up. Oh, was that? Yeah, that was brought up, wasn't it? Or yeah, something? yeah. Um, oh, what's the one with Harmony and the first Lovers Walk? No, not Lovers Walk. Oh, you know this better than me, Eddie. I don't know. I don't know every episode like you do. Ah, oh, can't remember the episode. Can't keep up with your Bufferpedia. Uh, harsh light of day. It was harsh in harsh light of day. Yep. Spike bring, brings up the chaos demon. Oh, okay. Oh, hang on. No, maybe it was Lover's Walk. Yeah, I think it was Lover's Walk when he brings up the Chaos Demon being all slime and antlers. Okay. Yeah. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Shitty. The other LOL moment is uh, after he reads the poem with the effulgent. Effulgent, yes. Yes. and he says, and that's actually one of his better compositions. Have you heard? They call him William the Bloody because of his bloody awful poetry. Mm, yeah. Then the aristocrat too is like, it suits him. I'd rather have a railroad spike through my head than listen to that awful stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite fight scene? Well, it has to be the... Buffy fighting, Spike, Spike fighting the other Slayer, intercutting. Like, I think that was, yeah, yeah. Def- really well done. Yeah. Billy Idol, Spike on the train. Billy Idol. Yeah. Yeah. He also had a, yeah, I think he had a, he has a safety pin through where the scar is as well. Oh, does he? He had a yeah. lot of safety pins in. Yeah. Oh, didn't he? His whole top was safety pins. <laughs> but that was very, very on point, I suppose. Mm. Very punky, though. Like, yeah, safety pins. Like, what are you afraid of? You know. <laughs> well, don't you know like punks have the safety pins through their ears? Yeah. Uh, and then favorite scene. Uh, which was, but also the best fight scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both one and one for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got the same Billy Idol spike on the train with the matched action hmm. scenes, jumping from past to present. Uh, and that amazing monologue from Spike where he's talking, where he's like kneeling down. Yeah, and he speaks to Buffy like from the past yeah, almost. from the past, yeah. Yeah. I'll also go honourable mention for yeah. the slow-mo walk during the Boxer Rebellion. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honourable mention, uh, the Spike-Buffy scene on the steps. Yeah. Of... Buffy trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that thing. It was just like one more heavy burden for her to bear yeah. on the already 
laden shoulders that she has, but the fact that she went outside to hide it from yeah. her mum. Also mentioned the fact that Spike was just about to shoot her as well. <laughs> he was never going to do it. It was yeah. all a, he was just him throwing a tantrum as, yeah. as Harmony said. She's just going to kick your butt anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, I don't think he was actually going to shoot her. Hmm. It's just a, him throwing a tantrum. Because mm-hmm. the moment he sees her, he then just sits down and starts comforting her. <laughs> Why have you got a shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even ask that. She knows why he had the shotgun. He's constantly threatening to kill her. That's their entire relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even you the first... You kill me again. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not even the first time that day <laughs> that he threatened to kill her. <laughs> Okay. Uh, least favorite scene. Oh, the snooty people at the party. Oh, yeah. There's a few monocles I think might have been dropped in that scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, very similar, but it's the um, Cecilia breaking poor baby, baby William the bloody, uh, breaking his heart and saying that you're beneath me. That then gets mirrored by Buffy, which just kind of. Breaks Spike almost. Mm. Okay, favourite quote? Uh, my quote comes from Spike, Uh-oh. which I think they're all going to come from Spike if I was going to take a guess. All right. So he says, uh, less than a second, ask the right questions. You want to know how to beat them? The question is, how did I win? The question is, why they'd lose? Oh, is that your one, isn't it? No, mine's a continuation of that. Oh, okay. So take up where I left off, Eddie. So I get the The only thing about the dance is you never get to stop. Every day you wake up, it's the same bloody question that haunts you. Is today the day I die? Death is on your heels, baby, and sooner or later it's going to catch you. And part of you wants it. Not only to stop the fear and uncertainty, but because you're just a little bit in love with it. Death is your art. You make it with your hands, day after day. That final gasp, that look of peace, a part of you is desperate to know. What's it like? Where does it lead you? And now, you see, that's the secret. Not the punch you didn't throw or the kicks you didn't land. She merely wanted it. Every slayer has a death wish. Even you. The only reason you've lasted as long as you have is because you've got ties to the world. Your mum, brat kid, sister, Scoobies, they all tie you here. But you're just putting off the inevitable. Sooner or later, you're going to want it. And the second, the second that happens, you know I'll be there. I'll slip in. Have myself a good day. Here endeth the lesson. I just wonder if you'll like it as much as she did. And that chemistry between Buffy and Spike in that scene is absolutely smouldering. Well, talk about that scene where he tried to kiss her. Yeah, and she has this look of horror. horror. (laughs) But desire as well, you almost think. She kind of was a little bit into it as well. Maybe some foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if Captain Cardboard wasn't in the picture (laughs) at the time... Well, do you know what? They, I'm not they are probably, with they, you. Are, they are probably smouldering in this scene because there is no chemistry between them when they're on screen together. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, there is absolutely no no chemistry between her and Riley. Yeah. Um, and then you've got her and Spike, who are just simmering and smouldering in every mm. scene that they're in together exactly. in this episode. Yeah. yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, can I also give an honourable mention because Drusilla's in this episode, and you know I love a Drusilla mm. quote. Yeah, and it's it's no. Darla saying, "I think our boys are going to fight," and Drusilla's like, "The King of Cups expects a picnic." But it's not his birthday. Oh, fuck. What is your childhood trauma? Tyler just goes, oh, good point. Some homoeroticism going in there maybe too when they're mm. fighting? No? No. No? No. no. It's no. just Spike and Angel forever being at each other's throats. Yeah. That's uh, what they'll do. Yep. Who gets the wooden spoon in this episode? I gave it to Buffy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Buffy got the wooden spoon. Yeah. I gave it to Glam Metal Vamp. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He got Glam Vamp. Glam Vamp <laughs> because he gets done in by fucking Riley. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty piss wah, weak. Wah, wah. Can you do the wah, wah, wah? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, who gets the MVP of the episode? And that goes to Spike, I think. Mr. Mm. MVP. You know what? Mm-hmm. I hate to say this, but you're wrong. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't sound like you at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you hate Unfortunately, Unfortunately, Riley actually gets the MVP. Oh, really? Because um, he does actually rescue Buffy. Yeah? You look, you yeah. look really disgusted I'm saying so that. I'm so disgusted. Like, I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth. You're making that same face Buffy made when she uh, <laughs> tried to kiss Yeah, I, I'm really disgusted like, in myself uh, for saying Your mouth this. is open. But, Ooh, ah. but Riley does save the day. Okay. I don't agree with that, but that's well, fine. Yeah. He rescues it. He gets her out of the... Like, she would have been dead if he wasn't there. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, She because she passes out. Uh, and then he patches her up and she doesn't have to go to hospital. And Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you rate this episode out of 10? I gave it six stolen leather jackets. Ooh. Ooh. The origin of his Ooh. leather jacket. Yes. I can sleep now. Now I, now I know where he got the jacket yeah, from. Yeah, very important. But does she know where he got the jacket from? No, probably not. Hmm. You know, it is, it is his trademark trench coat. He's yeah. worn it in nearly every episode. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen him with that apart from the flashback. Yeah. So I'll go with this episode's definitely a 9 out of 10 effulgently bad poems. <laughs> shining. <laughs> nice. <laughs> effulgent. Is that, a, is that a word? Effulgent. Yes, it means shining brightly or radiant. Oh, effulgent. Yes, effulgent. Okay. I did actually have to look that up because I'm That's like, good. what does effulgent actually I'm mean? I'm going to use that tomorrow. You are not. Yeah. No one uses word effulgent. effulgent. What does it mean again? Shine, uh, bright and shiny, is it? Shine, Shining brightly and radiant or radiant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to sneak in last there, Eddie? I think I'm all done. You know what? It, it was good to see... It was good to see Drusilla it, well, again. It was good to see her again. Do we see her again? Yeah, she pops up every now and again. Okay. 
Just flashbacks or we're actually yeah, going to see normally, her? Yeah, normally flashbacks. Um, she does come back for one episode, I think, this season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, mostly you'll see her in flashbacks. Okay. That'll pop out for the rest of the mm. series, so to speak. All right. Um, and it's good to see Dala as well and Angel. Yeah. Though, um, yeah, it was kind of nice seeing them. It was. It really was. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Eddie, uh, just going to wrap this up, hey? Yep. Well, uh, I'll thank you all for joining us tonight. We are Nerb Subculture. My name is Jared. And I'm Edwina. And if you want to follow us on the internet, uh, where can you find us, Edwina? Oh, you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There's a Facebook group and you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the podcast, please follow the link tree on the socials to the merch store. Yeah, everything's on special, isn't it? No? No. Oh, okay. Full <laughs> price. Bye. <Sorry. laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, take care. Bye. Uh, bye. You are now carrying my child. But how? It is the mystery of the death.